Welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ. Each episode, we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today is our 13th day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. Today, we are looking at Netflix's 61st film, the 2017 biographical comedy film, The Polka King. It's directed by Maya Forbes. It stars Jack Black, Jenny Slate, Jason Schwartzman, and Jackie Weaver. Mm. Hello, MJ. Hey, mates. We are more than halfway through Podmas. Definitely. Lucky 13. Absolutely. I hope people are listening along each day. Uh, I'm sure Hopefully they haven't given up on us yet. And Hopefully they've got to be watching as well. Yeah, so otherwise we, it's a waste of time. We did send out the list beforehand so they could play ahead. So Definitely. you want to Definitely. watch. And we've got posts every day to go along with our episode, so keep on top of it. I'm sure people thought, you know, Jack Black, I'm, I'm all in for this one. They've been hanging out for it. Wouldn't surprise me, Jack Black. So, He's still a draw card. He is, I think so. Yeah. I think so. We start our show with our fast flicks where we each give our little summary of the film. MJ, go for it. Uh, This is the story of Jan Luan, a Polish-American with big dreams who finds himself in hot water after he takes money from people who want to invest in his personal brand. Nice. Good way of putting it. I've said the same thing in less words. (laughs) (laughs) I've just said, based on a true story of a polka singer who took elderly folk for a ride. Yeah. It's kind of funny they were all old. And that ride is more meaning than one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not him. Well, he took him, you know, in a bus, took him overseas, plus he took their money. <laughs> All right. So what have we found out about this film? What's some interesting facts that you, you can fill us in with? All right. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a real life element to this, yes. to this, um, this story. So it's basically pretty accurate to the story of Jan Luan. Yeah. I, was to, I was trying to like poke holes in... What sort of creative license they took and what they changed here and what they changed there. He was fully on board with this movie too. He was. <laughs> and it's not a... To be honest, they don't paint, it, paint him in a terrible light. No. Um, but this film, when it was... So this premiered at Sundance in 2017. And during like the, the Q&A in Sundance, someone was like, so, you know, what's what actually happened in real life? Or is this, is this all true? And Jan the one, the real one, who was sitting in the front row, shouted out, it's pretty much true. Like, so that that was my whole thing was going to be trying to debunk like what actually what happened, happened in yeah. real life. But no, it all seems... And during that um, <laughs> that Sundance Q&A, he got up on stage with Jack Black and performed that polka rap. <laughs> Which makes you think that the character that they've portrayed here is pretty bang on. Because I can see the character that we just watched for that two hours. I could see him doing exactly that. Same thing, After yeah. he's come out of jail, <laughs> there's a film about him, a fictional film. Oh, sorry, not a fictional film, but like, it's not a documentary. <laughs> no, it's not. So well, it is based on a documentary. So it it's based, based on, on um, the, pol- the, the documentary called The Man Who Would Be the Polka King from yeah. 2009. Uh, so yeah, they pretty much took that doco and created a film. Absolutely. The one thing that, not that it was... Not true, but that bus crash that actually happened in the film where um, Jan's son got critically or quite injured, two people actually died oh, in, wow. in real life. Okay. So not that that was something that they excluded from the film per se, but it was glossed over that people actually died in that oh, bus wow. crash. So one of them was Thomas Karras, who was 54 years old, and, and John Stabinski, uh, who's 23 years old, who were mm. both um, members of the orchestra sure. for, no, for Jan. So I, I, that was the one thing that I did find. That wasn't in within. They just kind of left it out. 
well, the the remaining orchestra members actually recorded the soundtrack for this film. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, so uh, they recorded along with Jan, um, and he coached Jack Black on his vocals to try and make him sound as close as team as possible. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, he had a lot of involvement in this in this film. Obviously, he obviously did, and like that's the thing. He he did bad things and very bad things. The film doesn't necessarily shy away from it, and that's one thing we'll get to later. We talk about the character is was what interesting character it was, because um, you don't know whether to like him or not like him. And I, I think there's obviously some sort of, I think they've taken some sort of license to be nice to him. I have to I have to admit, like. Without knowing the full story, like surely he's a bit more of a dick than than this actually shows you, because he did a really bad thing. He did, he did lots of bad things, really. Yeah, when you he think did lots of good things too. Yeah. All right. Well, have you? Looked? Um, I did also find out that Netflix paid high seven figures for this movie. Really? Um, which you know could be anywhere between sort of five and nine mil. Okay. Um. And there were several suitors um, after the movie premiered at the festival, but Netflix was there from the beginning and pulled ahead of the back. So, so this was six months after Sundance that they actually bought the rights to this. So I think there was a bit of a bidding war um, for it and, and Netflix ended up getting the chocolate. So we don't know exactly how much, but you know, Harbour, I guess, between five and nine mil. Okay, well, I guess we should probably talk about this too. So it debuted in 2017 at Sundance yeah, and then... This is this is our first Netflix 2018 this film, is, really. Yeah, this is 2018. Because, yeah. So we'll refer to it as a 2017 film, but this is yeah, literally yeah. our first 2018 film of release on Netflix. So January in 2018, it basically released a year after it mm. premiered at, at the festival. Um, yeah, it, it did um, open at the Palm Springs International Film Festival in January 2018 as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, obviously Netflix worldwide in in Jan 2018. Yeah. Okay. And still available to watch and that's that's the beauty of Netflix Originals yeah just like this podcast is going to be available, available. to listen to whenever you're ready to watch the Polka King as long as we pay our, our podcast bill <laughs> hey, oh yeah that's true soon, yeah. it is um, <laughs> and on that note we are going to spoil the film yeah, yes we've probably already done a little bit of a spoiler with the bus crash so my apologies but if you if you want to watch this film and you want to hear us talk about a film that you've actually seen then turn us off now watch the film but then turn us right back on as soon as you are. Uh, yeah, you sounds good. So uh, th- I saw this was filmed in Rhode Island in the USA. Yep. I couldn't find if any of the, like, uh, there were location shots in Rome. I'm assuming mm. that they actually shot some shots there. I don't know. Yeah, actually, I didn't find anything. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Was but or wasn't. There, there were some scenes where they're walking down the cobble streets and stuff, and I was like, this looks very Romey to me, but mm, could have been a good scene. Yeah, could days. be very crafty. Uh, what about this consensus? Uh, good question. It was not bad. Middle yeah. of the road. Not not great. Not not awesome. I don't look at Rotten Tomatoes, but no. IMDb was a five point nine out of ten, off seven and a half thousand, which is a pretty good score. Yeah. Um, and Letterbox two point eight out of five, uh, off just under five thousand ratings. So really middle of the road. Not this. You know, if you're getting a two point eight out of five, you're not really banging down the doors to recommend it to someone. But yeah, not a terrible result. Rotten Tomatoes, mm. 66% on 35. So that is fresh. Okay. Just. What makes it fresh? I think it's 59 and above. Okay. Is fresh. Certified fresh. Certified fresh. Um, audience was 51% on 359 ratings though. Yep. Okay. So a little bit lower. Yeah. It's kind of fair enough. This is an interesting film. I, I, I'm struggling to place 
whether I liked well, it or yeah. not. So, you know, yeah, so. it's tough. What are your early thoughts on this film before we get into some more stuff? Yeah, well, I'm glad you... I, it was it was kind of a hard watch. Like, I wasn't... I didn't get... Wasn't really getting into it, but then it finished and I was like, that was all right. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, there was a point during my screening of this film that my brain turned around and was like, no, no, that's not bad. And when I think back on it, I, I think back of it quite positively. Um, so... <laughs> A lot of this movie was about Jack Black or the Yarn the Wan character. Yep. Um, and how that resonates with you as an audience member, I think, is going to be whether you like the film or not. I like Jack Black. Always have liked Jack Black. Um, I had trouble with the accent initially, just because I know Jack Black. It's different with like Borat with Sasha Baron Cohen, that he he's playing this character that is just doesn't feel like Sasha Baron Cohen. This still felt like Jack Black. Um, so I had trouble with the accent. I did eventually get into the character and I was always trying to figure him out in a good way, I think. There was something about him that I couldn't put my finger on. Um, and I thought it was a really consistent performance. Um, I think Jack Black could have been tempted to go really over the top. He did, believe it or not, I think he did rein it back in to make sure that Luan actually did feel like a real person. Um, and I think he did feel like a real person, a larger-than-life character, but... Um, yeah, that's that's my initial. My, I can't even put my finger on it now. Still, that's why I'm looking forward to talking about it. I I don't even know if I should go through what I was going to say because it's pretty much exactly what Is you that said. Right? Like, dead serious. I the start, I wasn't too sure. I was like, I don't know if I can get into this character by Jack Black. And then I think Jack Black did a really good job because this guy did so many bad <laughs> things, but you still wanted him to succeed. And I put that down to Jack Black. And yeah, I, he felt real, didn't he? Yeah, you you literally took what i was gonna say it's like exactly the same like, <laughs> that's, that's the awesome. start i was like i don't like you know the yeah the accent the character i don't know if it's gonna yeah. i can sit through two hours of this and then I, you just you sort of adapt into it and you're just like okay i get it now and then after 20 minutes you're like oh i'm just watching and this you, guy you forget when it happens <laughs> yeah like you're watching this film and go no no you like this i'm like do i like who uh, i like it do i like yeah. and then you get to the end you're like oh it's over and then yeah. it's like oh there's some actual footage of the room yeah like, i want to know more and i'm <laughs> yeah. googling yarn luan straight away and yeah um yeah, I've got. I, I, I was just gonna say this later on, but like, I struggled throughout this film to not get on my phone and be like, I oh, need yeah. to find more about this guy. Yeah, I want yeah. like, is this real? Did this happen? You like, didn't, you didn't do it, though, did you? No, I didn't. Very good. <laughs> See, it bothered me initially when I was figuring out how he's making all this work with the investments and and getting all the money, um, and that was annoying me. I'm like, yeah, but he's taking all this money. What's he doing with it? And then an hour in, I was like. Cool. I don't want to know. I, I, I'm curious, but I want you to tell me when you're ready to tell me. Like I was, I was. Because you're still paying dividends to everyone. So that's why everyone was happy and he still was reinvesting. Busy, yeah. he's, he's doing good things. Yeah. So there was just something about the character that I, I, said, I couldn't put my finger on. Well, um, let's talk about the characters. Which, talk, let's talk about Yarn. Yeah, it's a good segue. Probably, let's let's, let's segue. talk about Yarn. And I, I still don't know if he's good or not. Like, so he's a man who, and I, I don't think you can argue this. He's a man who always wants to make people happy, and he wants to tell them what they want to hear. And like, they set that up straight away when it's like, is it Jan or Jan? He's like, oh, whatever you want it to be. Like, <laughs> like what's your name? Like, um, but he was just like, no, if you're happy, I'm happy. Like, I just want, he, he wants, he genuinely does want to make people happy. And I think he's a, he's a man who means well as well. Like when he was getting a lot of money, and he gave that money to the guy with the sick kid without even thinking about this it. This is like, going to be a really short episode because like, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, oh, God, I've got nothing different to say. <laughs> um, and I just think that he just completely trapped himself. Like, there was an element of him just being too proud to ask for help. 
too proud to bring anyone else in on yep. the shitstorm that he got himself into. Um, and at the end, he was basically waiting to get caught because it was like a load off for him because he's kind of a good guy and mm. he knew he was doing the wrong thing. Need to pay for his sins, yeah. So, so I still like he he took money from people and I think what was the debt in the end? It was like five million, six million dollars, four point nine or something. Yeah. So he did like he did a bad thing to people who were at a stage of their life where they were literally trying to invest money so they could live the remaining years of their life in in good wealth. Yep. But um. <laughs> But then at the end, I'm like, but yeah, he, he did the wrong thing, yeah. But then he, 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 he didn't mean to. He just kind of got sucked into it and got a bit greedy. And I don't know, because I kind of don't mind him. I think he's not a bad guy. That's why I'm so confused by this character. I think they do a good job, like, setting up to relate to him because, like you said before, he wanted, he wanted the best for anyone who, who he came into contact with, and yep. especially his family. And anyone that believed in him, he was happy to help out. Like like you mentioned, the the kid with the, the daughter who needed, the, yep, sure, yep. I'll pay for that bill. And, you know, it didn't matter to him if it was illegal. Um, yeah, that's true. He knew, like, I think he, he knew what he was doing was wrong. Initially, he didn't. <laughs> like, I think when he first got caught by the... What, what's the department? The, the um, fraud yeah, department. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you can't do this. He's like, oh, I, I didn't... Like, I think he genuinely didn't know that he couldn't be doing what he was doing. And I think he genuinely thought he'd make the money back for them because he was going to be a big successful star. He... Yeah, he he did go to to repent at church a couple of times throughout, and to me that was sort of like his acknowledgement. Yeah, I've done the wrong thing. Like, no, no, eventually, yeah. but I think the first time that they say, "Hey, you can't do this," he didn't know, and then he was like, "But didn't oh. he go to church straight away after that?" But yeah, but no, sorry, when he told him, told him, but then he made it the, made choice, the choice to go, to go to church. Okay, I'm going to continue yep. to do this. Okay, despite. fair. All right. Well, <laughs> what about Marla, his wife? I've got her down next. So. You know, another thing, actually, her real name in real life was Rhonda. Rhonda? Mm. That's a much more... Um, <laughs> yeah. I can understand her... Not wanting, not wanting to be involved. To, yeah. yeah. That's fair. So, um, she was very, very naive. Um, straight from high school, she was taken on a bit of a journey by this exciting foreign guy. <laughs> and you know what? He would have taken on a hell of a journey. Yeah. I get that. But she was kind of a... The fact that she was completely oblivious to this whole operation working completely right under her nose and then one day she kind of realized that she was in the background of his life which you know it's crazy to think that she wouldn't notice that in the first place they called the bloody yarn the one band and the yarn the one shopping <laughs> um and then she has this absurd idea to run for miss pennsylvania that's his downfall too like yeah. that, that leads to it and again that's true that's exactly how it all happens <laughs> but then she breaks up with him while he's in jail she's just so completely naive through yep. this entire film I, I really liked when she did do that pageant speech. To me, that sort of summed up her character a lot where they, they, she had this question where it asked, you know, if you had all the money in the world, what would you buy? And she goes, I don't really need money. I've got everything I need, family and friends. Mm. And to me, that was I, her. Yeah. Like, she probably needed that money to enjoy her family and friends. But to me, that, that was that was her or how yep. we saw her on the screen. Absolutely. Which I think is nice that, uh, you know, working with Jan to make this film that he still has these fond memories of her and hasn't turned sour against her and True. been like, you know, she's left me, I was in jail. It's nice that he's still able to to portray her as like a pretty lovable person, really. Well, that's the thing. And then like the fact that it still is crazy that she's so oblivious to all this stuff going on. Particularly that that like, isn't this how the she's in the background of, of his... I don't know how he doesn't realise that. But I think it's a really strong performance from Jenny Slate. Because she made this character feel real when mm. 
it's a really absurd character, character. play, yeah. And, and that lady felt real, and every time things happened, I was like, oh, that's exactly what Marla would do. But the, and, and to her credit as well, there wasn't a part of me that was like, why don't you just question him about what he's doing? Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah I, I, exactly yeah, right. You, you fool, just, yeah, okay, she's. She's happy with where she's at. She knows her husband loves her. He'll do anything for her. Like, I wouldn't argue with him either because he always turns everything into a positive. Everything he did was yeah. about, you know, have belief. Yeah, I, be- I believe thing. in you and, and that's, that's bad. Like, that's why I found it so hard not to like him because <laughs> it's such an admirable trait. Yeah. Like, it's such a great way to live your life. Yeah. All right. Who have you got down next? Mickey. Me Pizzazz. too. <laughs> what was his name before? Stutz. Mickey Stutz. S T U T Z. He was complicated. Um,. He kind of he seemed quite noble and forthright when he was calling Yarn out for his bullshit, but when he was getting paid or when he was getting pumped up or when you know Yarn was giving him this great life, he was happy to turn a blind eye. And I suppose it was nice at the end that he recognised some of his own selfishness throughout that relationship, um, and he went and picked him up from the jail. Yeah, because without Yarn and without you know the the shit that he ended up going through, without all that, he didn't get that ride that Jan put him on in the first place. Yep. And Jan was always looking out for him. So despite the fact that he did lie to everyone, like Mickey should have also been like, you, you knew this was going on, mate. I feel like Mickey had this, uh, I don't know, this background thing that it was all about making sure that he had money to support himself. He didn't want to have to go back to work in the retail store. Radio Shack. Radio Shack. And he was... He was sort of comatosed by Yarn's charm. Mm. So, you know, he could pull Yarn up and then he was just pulled back in by this charm. Like, okay, and my, his money. Yeah, yeah, and his money. You're my friend. Yeah. I got that money in the background. You Mickey got money. Possessed. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. We're, we're agreeing a lot on this one. I think we really are. I had David next. I had the son. David Luan. David Luan. Because I, I saw this him as a kid that. He idolized his father. He always stood up to him, especially to Barb, the grandma. And he was the one that was actually on the phone to him when he's in jail. Like, this is where I'm at. I haven't got the cane anymore. I'm doing a lot better. And he was there to pick him up at the end. So yeah. he was just this son that was loved that image of his father being a good guy. Yeah, I think we're aligned and, again. And like, that sort of supported the audience. Well, he, he's too. almost the only character who saw the hardworking, good-intentioned man that Jan was. He saw it all. Like, regardless of whether Jan did the wrong thing, you can't deny his work ethic. Like they set him up as a guy who works like all these jobs at once. Yeah. Like that scene where, you know, he's obviously playing in a band. He's got his own store, and then he's like, "Oh, let's let's have a chat." And you find out that he's delivering Pizzas. like the pizza as well. <laughs> like it's the man works hard. And, and I like there was this one scene where Jan cracks it at David, and then mm. you know a teenage son would usually be like, "No, nah, I'm not being spoken Screw to you, like Dad. that." Yeah. yeah, but he was happy to take him like straight away. He apologized. Yep, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like let's work Pretty this mature. out. So I like that. Who else have you got? Not much. I got Barb. I got Barb too. Just a real wise head. Yeah. Like the fact that she knew what was going on all along. Again, Jackie Weaver was awesome in this too. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. Like she couldn't understand the instability of Yarn. I think she wanted like mm-hmm. her daughter and her grandchild to be with someone who had a nine to five job with an, a constant income that could just support her as well. And she was a little bit greedy in that. I feel like, you know, she wasn't just looking out for her daughter and grandson. She was looking out for herself a little bit as well because obviously she lived with them. So him having that, that steady income meant that she was going to be, you know, in sure. that house with her as well. And she just didn't like the idea that he didn't have a normal job or what she thought was normal. On the flip side of that though, yeah, she was the one that was always questioning where the money's coming from. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like that that was something for the audience to be 
you needed to be questioning him the whole way through. I don't know whether... Potentially, but also... And this ties in really nicely with the last scene where she sticks up for Yarn. Her concern was that something is going on here and we need to fix it before it gets out of control. She's like, where is this money coming from? It doesn't make sense. Because I think in the back of her mind, it's going to blow up at one point. So it wasn't that she didn't like Yarn or didn't like what Yarn was doing. She rightly was questioning, this This doesn't add up, Yarn. Like, what's going on? I didn't even see that scene at the end of her actually standing up for him. I think that was her taking her aggression out on people for falling for him or being stupid enough to believe There's him. There's an element yeah. of that, because she obviously didn't. Mm. She saw through his bullshit. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that she disliked Yarn as much as... Like, she wouldn't have been so upset if she didn't care enough to not let that happen in the first place. But was that more care for her daughter and grandchild than oh, Yarn? No, I, th- I think yeah. it's Yarn as well. Okay. Because even there's a point where he's in Yarn, he's like, oh, she stood up for me. Like, I mean, that's yeah. obviously him. Mr. Yeah, Poggery, true. But... <laughs> I, I've got, I had Ed and Anita down. They're the two, oh, the, the elderly the main couple. Investors. <laughs> you know, they're Yarn's number one fans. <laughs> they were greedy enough to take 12% <laughs> when the bank was only giving out 3%. So... If it's too good to be true, it probably is true. They eventually <laughs> took 20% yeah. at the end. Like, yeah. So I found found it hard to feel sympathetic towards es- them. Especially, I don't know how this works in real life, but especially he never explained <laughs> how and never like, they never like took some money out or... Like, and then like when he's got this check for over 200 grand, like obviously he, he was hoping they were going to give it back to him, but I was like, it's yeah. a lot of money. I had Ron down as well. He was the government guy. Yeah, Ron Edwards. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty trustworthy sort of guy. He's like, you know, I'll come in, tell him to pay everyone back in three days. And yeah, okay, good. You've done that. All right, bye. That's like, exactly. Yeah. I, like, did they really settle cases like with a phone call That's saying, crazy. hey man, did you fix it? Yeah, I fixed it. Okay, cool. No worries. See you later. And then it's like six years later, they get in touch again. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it didn't. I think they made some comment that he actually called like six people to see if they got their money back. And they're like, yep. I got the money back. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still, like, it was like, yeah. Okay. No, no, he called six people to say if they were having an issue anymore. Oh, and so. they said no. Yeah. So he was he was happy with him. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. I thought that too. That was really flaky. <laughs> I thought the, the director for this one, uh, Maya Forbes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Because she's done a movie that I absolutely adore. Infinitely Polar Bear. I love oh, really? that. I love that movie. That movie is amazing. Never heard of it, but I obviously wrote it down. Mark Ruffalo. Um, yeah. I can't remember. And who. Zoe Saldana. And Zoe Saldana. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a um industry pass to go see that like um when it came out. Right. And I just like I haven't watched it since, but I just remember walking out of that cinema going, "That was amazing." Oh, I'll pop that one. Great this. film. Great film. And then. <laughs> Written, done a lot of writing. Mm. So Maya Forbes and Wally Wolodarski, who's the writer of this, they, they co-wrote this. Yep. Maya Forbes directed it. They're married. Mm. So they got their start together working separately for the Larry Sanders show and The Simpsons. Yep. Um, and then they started working together on, uh, I think initially Selling Other People, which was a little known indie comedy uh, with Brian Cranston. And eventually they started collaborating together a lot. So they've written a lot of stuff. They wrote The Rocker, which is Rain Wilson, which we covered on one of uh, one of our movies. Yep. They also wrote uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, DreamWorks. Yeah, the animated film. Yeah. And then in comparison, they also did like A Dog's Purpose and A Dog's Journey. Like yeah. Just a, a broad range of films. But yeah, they're obviously just rolling through Hollywood yeah. together and, and kicking guys. Doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. 
Talk about some scenes? Yeah. Hey, I forgot to mention, I had an 89% match on this. Oh, did you? We should start talking about that more in the podcast. We should. There, every I now f- and then I was like, I get like a 90 something percent. I'm like, and then I end up hating it. So yeah. What did I have 97% for? Uh, another movie that I watched. Recently. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some scenes. What, tell us some scenes that stood out for you. This is interesting because I didn't mind this film and I have like basically nothing. Okay. So that's okay. I, I laughed when the Pope was touching everyone's head. <laughs> And he didn't touch Mickey Pizzazz because Mickey was like dripping with sweat <laughs> and he just kind of did the, um, the, the cross. <laughs> and the only other thing I have was I thought the singing was really good. I enjoyed Jack Black. Obviously, we know Jack Black can sing, but yep. uh, I thought he did a great job with all the singing. But there were no scenes where I was like, this scene's awesome. And I'm so surprised. I'm racking my brain. brain. I'm like, I didn't mind this film, but like nothing stood out. Sorry. So for like, I'm pretty tough on comedies, I guess, on this show. Yep. So... There weren't a lot of laugh out loud moments, but there were jokes that sort of landed for me, which I guess probably great. make these scenes okay for me. I guess. Yeah, yeah, so great. you mentioned this earlier. I like the opening where he doesn't care if people get his name wrong. And I like the follow up from it because he said it's a small price to pay for freedom. And then you just cut to seeing him doing all these crappy jobs like cleaning deep fryers and mopping floors. And it was just a nice summary of what this guy, who this guy is. Yeah. I liked, I, I, I thought that was nice. He's great. He's a hard working yeah. guy. I had a bit of a giggle when. You know, the, the FBI guy, Ron, comes in and he's like, in Poland, we do bribes. Do, do bribes? <laughs> I had a bit of a giggle. I was like, oh, can't believe you just said that to a cop. That was quite yeah, funny. You just almost like played the gospel card, <laughs> yeah. uh, And, you know, I was, like I said before, I was I was worried at the start about Jack Black as his character. And I think it, I think I recognized the moment where it turned for me was where he, he was first in the car crying. Mm-hmm. He, oh, yeah. he was in the car crying a couple of times, yeah. but the first time he was in the car crying, I was like, okay. I think I've got I I get this character now, mm. and from there on I was like I was sort of in. Yeah, um, I think Jack Black really got the character too. Mm. When he first spoke, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like I can't, can't I don't, yeah. I'm not be able to watch this. This is exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> I like he made this joke with uh with Barbie's mother-in-law. He's like, you know, I keep in pants. I only take it out for pee-pee. <laughs> 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 I thought that was funny. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> um, and then when he's on the phone to Ron, who's the government guy, he's black, and he's like, you know, thank you, my brother. <laughs> and, like, and he's like, ah, uh, not. <laughs> So that was, hey, he replies like no worries yeah. my brother yeah. and he like shakes his Chased head that's, that was quite funny uh, I just laughed at the premium Pope, Pope package oh, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that he got this done and all these people had the best day of their lives and I was like surely the Pope's not going to rock up he's I just know. been robbed of like, all this money and I was like I could not believe the Pope walked in and then to see the photos at the end of you know the, the, group know. Of the Pope I was like oh wow this guy crazy uh, <laughs> the I like the the lobby scene with Mickey and Jan. Um, this is where no, no, you don't, I like this. And I thought that the, there's parts of it that I didn't like, but so I, I did like that they got together and and it sort of opens up this dialogue where you know Mickey keeps falling back on him, and I wasn't a massive fan of changing his name as that that reason for it, but I did like that they spent the time to do that. I, I, I like the fact that they spoke about, you know, how he spoke about having belief, basically. That's how I get everything done. Yeah. It's like, I, I, cause I knew I wouldn't. I said, I'm a big fan of that kind of uh, way of life. But when they were, when they called him, he says, I'm, you know, now announce you as Mickey Pizzazz and he puts his forehead on each other and Mickey's <laughs> crying. I actually just thought that they were taking the piss, which is, which works sometimes, but I think they just took it too, too far, far with that yeah. scene. When they, when they they're on stage and like we got a Grammy nomination, I was like, what on earth? Yeah. And then I like I wasn't a massive fan of a lot of the singing, but I did like that song where he sings. 
I'm proud to be an American. Oh, okay. Because I actually believe that he meant that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he. I believe that he, you know, he's happy to be I agree with that too, but they didn't have to play the entire song Song. from start to finish in the middle (laughs) of the movie. Yeah. I liked when Marla, you know, she lost it a bit and, you know, she realizes, hey, maybe I'm just this background person to, to Jan. And, you know, she makes this comment about, I've got dreams. I've got goals as well. I want to, you know, I want to be myself. And, you know, she decides I'm going to do this pageant. And as stupid as that sounds and as much criticism she gets from her own mother, I liked that Jan was just genuinely nice. He's like, yep, that's okay. You want to do that? I'm going to support you. Yeah, we're I, do I just thought that was a nice character moment. That is good. It's bloody commendable. Uh, Every husband should be doing that or watching that and going, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Yeah. The car accident at the end where the son David's in hospital. Mm. I, I I just enjoyed where Jan's like, you know, I need to pay for taking my son on this trip. And then, you know, he's like, <laughs> he's like, yes, God's yeah. God saved me. The police are arresting me. I'm going to pay for my things. And I was like, you got stabbed in the neck. That's a big <laughs> price to pay. But this is a guy, right, who he's so big on his own belief. And if he thinks something strong enough, it will happen. Um, so when he got done by the cops, even though his son had shown nothing, he was like, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay because this is happening to me. Like just that, that presence of mind or that strength of mind. He's obviously watched the secret (laughs) and he preaches every single day, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Last thing I've got is there's only one, like you've got this character by Jack Black, who's very over the top. There's only like this one moment and it's the last line of the film where he breaks that, the third wall. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, he looks to the camera and he goes, you know, I could be famous. Mm. And I liked that, you know, you've got this whole sort of silly character that he's played the whole time and the only time he does that is that last line. I just thought that was a nice way to end the film. Yeah, it's, it's not bad because at the end of the day, he's, at the end, he's talking to an audience. Yeah. Which is what yeah. um, Jan always wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, what were some things Good, that you... No, you've done well there. What, what are some things you want to forget? Um, walking with the suitcase full of money. Um, <laughs> that was awkward. That was awkward. Pope. But that was just stupidly on edge when they were like, obviously in public, <laughs> making an absolute scene for no reason. Um, Rome's not that dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially that part of Rome. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, yeah, putting his forehead together with, with Mickey and saying you're now Mickey Pizzazz yep um, Mickey with the grandma yeah I've got that too a- again probably part of the real story and that's why they put it in but big gross yeah because the only scene that you see them together is that scene in the shop when he's trying to get the flyers and that's when and I, I figured that scene was her you know thinking Clicking. Mickey's Mickey's oh, sorry Yarn's doing something here and then I'm assuming because he walked in with a lollipop, we're supposed to think that that was a bit seductive. And maybe. Um, and just the last one I didn't like was when he was one of his confession at the end, where the priest said, "My aunt's retirement depends on it." Like, <sighs> everyone's everyone's been conned by this guy. Yeah, I know. I know. But don't you know? This is the church we're talking about. Don't, <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to work. Uh, well, I, I didn't like the bear. Oh. The bear's giving people crabs and she, the bear just had this constant bickering with one of the, the band people. I was like, didn't like the bear. Oh, anything with the, about anything the bear. with the bear, I was like, nah, didn't like. Uh, you spoke. You just mentioned this before. I didn't like where Barb goes, you know, this is when Mickey rocks up and Barb goes out to the office to check for these flyers 
And yeah, there's this big obvious, like you knew she was going to find something there. And had these big filing <laughs> cabinets all locked up with these big chains and stuff. I yeah. didn't like that. Didn't like the scene with them in the hotel room. And the last one I had was, there was this section towards the end, like after, um, after Marla decides, hey, I'm going to be, do a beauty pageant. They did like this little montage oh, yeah. where, you know, she's doing all these dances and she's got these checks of all the money that Jan's paying for her to do this. Um, for her dreams. It was like a really bad music video clip. Yeah. Was, yeah didn't, nah, very true. Didn't like that. And I couldn't read the checks properly either. That mm-hmm. bothered me too. Yeah. Like, if you want to tell me how much you're spending, tell me. Yep. All right. What's the movie trying to say? That's, that's like the question. Like what, what's the message? Because there seems to be some sort of advocacy for belief. Like I spoke about, and he's yeah. a man who's got an incredible amount of belief in himself and that's how he succeeds. But there's obviously the fact that the act of lying is heavily condemned. So I was left a little bit confused because it's actually a pretty likable, friendly, commendable portrayal of a character. So what's the issue? Like, is the biggest issue that greed and not letting your lie or your problems spiral out of control? Yep. Um, that, that's probably what I found interesting about this film is that it did take a bit of thought afterwards which can be good and bad sometimes, but I think in this case it worked for the best. And I was like, so what are we trying to say in this film about this character? And I'm hoping to have an answer by the end of this podcast. Jason. Okay. Well, there's like, so you've mentioned this a little bit. It's about like having these dreams, this belief, wanting to succeed. And then also like sort of contemplating that even though you have these dreams and you want to succeed, humans have flaws too. And mm. yeah, okay. he obviously had a lot of flaws and he had a lot of desires and he was a liar. Yeah. So he is human. He makes mistakes. He still has these dreams, but it doesn't necessarily. And he did some bad things, yeah. but yeah, he's he's still, you know, he was still a hard worker. And yeah. hard work's this big sort of thing where you know, Mickey didn't know anyone that worked harder than Jan. No one knew anyone that worked harder than him. You know, he worked hard for the family, and he worked hard for the investors too. He didn't want to let them down, even though he's ripping these people off. He's still working hard for them. Yeah. He's trying to get them the dividends. He did have good intentions. That was that was kind of the thing. So it's almost like saying, yes, we do think that belief and hard work are wonderful traits, hmm. but they don't work if you do the wrong thing. And if you're a liar and if you're greedy, um, yeah, it's just, it's such a fascinating character though. There's I also think like there's a little bit about this like being a team too like yes he he was the one that sort of took this massive fall but he wouldn't have been able to do that without having built this trust with all these people around him true uh you know he worked with his wife he worked with his bands he worked with the donors and you know he was happy to pay the the band you know always upping their pay he was happy to pay the medical bills nothing was too much for him no matter what and without the people believing in him, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did. So there was a little bit of a team collectiveness yep. to this as well. Yeah, nice one. And the last thing I had too was this: this was a big film about that American dream. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yep. he, you know, having a second chance too. Like you know, yeah. so his second chance may have been he came from Poland and he was able to live in this land of the free and and work really hard to earn what he wants. But he's also getting that second chance again. Like Literally. doesn't matter how many chances you get, he's in this country where yes, he's done the time for his crimes. Off he goes. Off he goes again. I'm yeah. going to come back bigger and better. And like, you know, he walks out of jail and he says to these two guys that are getting out at the same time, I'll see you at the Grammys. So he's, yeah. he's, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm taking another chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it, that is the American dream. Someone who, because, you know, it's easy to be, expect the American dream if you grow up in America and you go, this is the way it is. But someone who's grown up with nothing and worked for everything and they see the American dream as something that is just so precious and mm. everything that they could ever want. That's that's who he is. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, 
What do we take away from this film? Um, I would actually find this film really hard to recommend. Okay. If you know the story, then for sure. Go nuts. Watch it. You'll probably like it. If you like Jack Black, then probably the same. Okay. But I liked this. I kind of liked this film because I was just intrigued by the character and I kind of had to know how it was going to end. But how would you recommend... Would you recommend this to someone? And and who and how? I'm similar. Like, I got into it because I wanted to hear the story and learn about what actually happened to him in real life. So... to me, I've got this like along the similar lines of the most hated woman in America I, that we covered. It was similar on, yeah. on this film. Like it's it's a true story. You want to watch to see what happens and work out what's going, but it's not like one of those films that you're like, you know, this is Oscar worthy. Yeah. But it's still like I'll watch this to learn the info. But you got to be careful. I'm, I'm thinking from a recommendation perspective. You got to be careful when you recommend something because you're putting your word on it. Mm-hmm. And I've recommended some movies to you recently that have probably been really crap, and you're probably like, oh MJ, you're losing me. So you don't want to. Like, I don't know who I'd recommend this film to is kind of my point. Even though I didn't mind it. Anyone that sort of likes a true crime story, maybe not necessarily a, a gory, murdery one, but like... Well, that's the thing. Like, you, you, you get, yeah, you're it's touching a into a very market, small... Yeah. yeah. And that's mm. why I, I, I... Without Jack Black, this film almost disappears. Despite yeah. the fact that it's interesting. Yeah. It's Cast like, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what I took away from yeah. this no, no, film. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm... I, Totally, yeah, happy to agree with a few of those things. IMDb. Did you jump on to check out anything on IMDb? I did jump on. I jumped on twice. The first one was JB Smooth, who plays Ron Edwards. He's he's my IMDb too. Well, he's in a lot of stuff. He is. And I I know he is, but there's always one character that I always associate with him. And I'm like, who is it? Because I flick through. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen him that. I've seen him that. But I always think of him as the real estate agent from We Bought a Zoo. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What did you have him for? I had him for Uncle Drew. Which is yeah, basketball movie with uh, Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. So yeah, that was what I remembered him from most recently. Okay. He's in a lot of stuff there, and you just recognize him full stop. But obviously Jackie Weaver's in this as well, and she was in The Most Hated Woman in America. No, she, no, wasn't. she wasn't. She was in... She was in Small I did that Crimes. Even, she was in Small yeah. Crimes. She was in another Netflix film. Yeah. When we did Small Crimes, you said I said the same in, thing. Yeah. She was, as Melissa Leo. Yeah. Yeah, I got that same. You know what? I, I was a lot. I was thinking... I reckon Jesse will bring up the most wonderful woman in America. But she this, wasn't in that. She was this in is Jackie Weaver's second, second Netflix. Netflix yeah, I just had in here Jackie Weaver's second Netflix. So yeah, still got it right. Yeah, I just didn't write down my film. Um, <laughs> Small crimes. I had. There's another guy. You know the guy in the band who complained about the bear always hitting yep. on him. The bald guy. Yep. I'm like, man, this guy is so familiar. So I'm on his IMDb, and it's like nothing. And I see he's in one episode of Friends. Oh wow. So I. Type his name in to Google and With type friends. in Friends. Yeah. Have you watched much of Friends? No, not since <sighs> the 90s. Yeah, okay. There is an episode where Ross moves into a new building. Okay. And there's they're having like a farewell party for like the handyman in the in the building. <laughs> and he's the handyman? No, no, no. Right. But this guy is like running, the, throwing the, throwing the oh. surprise party. He's trying to collect money from everyone for the handyman, you know, for, for a present or whatever. And he's like, oh, you know, do you want to write me a check? And Ross is like, oh, I'd... You know, I, I didn't know him. And then the, the whole building hates Ross because Ross didn't chuck in. But this, this bald guy yeah. is like the main guy in that. Okay. And if you if you watch Friends <laughs> even a little bit a little religiously, bit. you'd recognize him straight okay. away. Good pick up. I hope someone <laughs> watched this film and couldn't put their finger on that guy. It was the guy from Friends. And now you listen to this podcast and the, finally the IMDb section has, has paid for itself. Good. All right. Question time. Let's ask each other some questions. If you can answer this question prop- 
properly known successfully that yeah. I might I might understand why I like this film or don't like this film. Okay. Because I can't answer this question. Although Excited. It's, probably, it's probably too double, you know, it's not an easy answer. Is Yarn a liar or a believer? <laughs> both. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like that too. But is he just a believer that's such a believer that it, it becomes a lie? Mm. Or is he just a flat out liar and he's got everyone fooled, even us as an audience? Possibly. But maybe his, like, I don't think his lies are ill intended. Whereas some people's lies are malicious. Well, that's the thing. When he's lying, though, is he expecting that it's going to work out? Yeah, because he's believing in his lies. He's believing that's, that what's yeah, happening. So here. is he just like this <laughs> insane believer? Yeah. Or is he just a liar? And he knows their little lies every time he does it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's great. He's too hard to work out. Yeah. Crazy character. Uh, I asked him, I was like, <laughs> you can't cheat an honest man. <laughs> is that a question? Yeah. Can you cheat an honest man? Sorry. Well, yeah. Can you cheat an honest man? Who's honest? Who is honest? Is Yarn honest? No. No. Okay. So what about the victims? Well, that's the thing. Are they kidding themselves? Mm. Like, well, the ones that pulled out early got their money back. Yeah. Because I guess he had everyone else's money, money still, still sitting there. Pay them back. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I mentioned this earlier I had to check like I didn't believe that he was nominated for a Grammy yeah <laughs> I couldn't believe it so I was like I checked it I, yeah I had to check that yeah um, like, could you believe that he actually bribed the judges as well at the pageant yeah well and they actually took it like yeah. what does that say about them so that's what I was unsure about did he bribe the judges or did he Cheat just somehow. cheat and just because the judges the, were like, no, no, we voted approval. for her, so he must have cheated. Did something wrong? Did something wrong? Uh, so unless he bribed one judge to to change the, the others, others. Yeah, yeah, that might be it. So, like, I feel for this guy, but he's a bad guy. Mm. So, I mean, it's all well and good that he wants to pay back the nearly five million dollars to his victims, but he's still he owes a lot of money still. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised that that number was still so big after he yeah. came out of jail. You know what? I wonder if he made any royalties from this film. Well, that's my last question. How much money did the real Yarn get from the songs in the movie and his work? Because obviously he would have got a royalty for the songs that were included that he, were his originals. I, I watched the credits. Yeah. There are a lot of songs that were actually his originals. Plus, he would have got paid some sort of commission or fee for um, working yeah. uh, on the film. Yeah. So hopefully he's um, used some of that money to Get pay close. some of these people back. <laughs> probably not. He's probably just living living large again. Oh. Or he's, in, he's investing it into his next venture. <laughs> oh, man. All right, <clears throat> let's wrap this up. Let's do it. We like to give our ratings of our films a rating out of five and then work it out together to give a average. MJ, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm still wrapping my head around it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an interesting story. But because of its biopic nature, it had a really flimsy kind of narrative structure. <laughs> so the character of Yan Luan was an intriguing one, though. And that was a real positive for the film. So I guess despite a lot of the mismatch of scenes and the oddness of the structure, I still found it a little endearing. And although I'm not in a rush to do so, it would probably benefit from a rewatch as well. Ooh. It's two and a half stars for me. Very nice. All right. Well, yeah, I thought I was going to struggle. I mentioned that this over-the-top character that, you know, Jack Black plays. And um, he actually brought me in to care about what was going on and what was going to happen. And I um, really got into the, like, the real lifeness of it, I guess, of this mm. character. Like, I could see him as a real person. Yeah. Uh, and like I said before, it was really hard not to jump online just to fact-check <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, was. So I'm giving this a three out of five. Good. 
So that gives us an average of uh, 2.75. Is that right? Uh, you gave it two and a half? Two and a half. I gave it three. 2.75? Yep, that sounds right. Good. Didn't even yeah, use a calculator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Like my maths. Good. Good so, work. Yeah. Yes. We are on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Download our episodes wherever you can. This week, we have a question up there. And the question is, do you have any sympathy for the people that Yarn ripped off? Any at all? Yes, a little bit. You do a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're idiots, but yeah, but, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of their life savings. But you know what? Maybe they're just believers too. True. But maybe they're happy with it. I trust this young guy. <laughs> What's his latest scheme? I'm happy to <laughs> pop in. So, tomorrow, we're back again. Oh, man. We're getting there. We are so we're Getting close. very close to Christmas. It's getting bloody hot in it, Melbourne. It is. Tomorrow, we are looking at the first officially titled 2018 Netflix film. It's a dance comedy called Stepsisters. It's directed by Charles Stone III. It stars Megalyn Ekowankoek. I stuffed that up. Yeah, Lyndon right. Smith, Eden Sher, Marquis Richardson. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, is it Mark? Mark, maybe. Matt McGorry, Naturi Norton. And that's the cast that I've got. So we'll All see right. how we go tomorrow Step with Stepsisters. Step I'm doing that for themselves. No, <laughs> that's wrong. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Good chat again. I'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>